From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Wagner talks to us about the importance of focusing on having a daily positive impact on the athletes he coaches, how having a realistic financial strategy helped keep his sports performance business thriving, and the importance of solving problems on your own that helps create a path to innovation in your program. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. ON even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West, or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by Coach Blair Wagner. He is the founder and CEO of DIA Sports Performance. Prior to that, he was a performer improvement specialist for the Seattle Seawolves rugby team. He was also an assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Los Angeles Rams. He has also had stops with the Seattle Storm, Exos, Eastern Michigan University, the Citadel, and the College of Charleston, to name a few. Welcome, Coach. Thanks for joining us. Coach, I appreciate you having me on. It's, uh, it's an honor. Like I said, I had to ask where, where my name got brought up. I know I've been a number of places, but I've been trying to hide, hide out and stay low here in Winter Park. So appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah thank you. And, uh, I mean, you've been north, south, east, and west. Could you tell us a little bit you know, about your path to where you are now? Well, really, I gotta, you know, I gotta give a lot of credit and thanks to my 2000 Dodge Stratus that just held up <laughs> from every stop along the way. But uh, no, I have. I've been, uh, I've been blessed to just, I guess, be uh, united with a bunch of quality coaches. And it started with my first drive out to Charleston, South Carolina, uh, when Cameron Davidson took a shot on a 22-year-old, you know, young coach that didn't know how to read a percentage chart. And uh, from there. You know, I just hopped over to the Citadel and, you know, underwent my uh, graduate assistantship uh, under Donnell Boucher, who's still uh, 
I mean, like a brother to me. So I, I got blessed with that opportunity, met Adam Fight along the way, who ended up taking me to Eastern Michigan with him. Uh, you know, once our time kind of concluded there, I always wanted to serve our uh, servicemen and women. So I had that opportunity to go to special forces, government. Of course, they throw out a contract that's just way too big. They can't cover it. So they start uh, hacking positions and strength coaches are obviously one of the first ones to go. So, uh, you know, I drive my butt up to Seattle and start volunteering at University of Washington. And luckily they saw something in me and created a position and um, was thankful to spend three years there. And, you know, it's just one, it's just the next call. It's just how I've always gone about it. I got the next call to go to L.A., uh, worked for Ted Rath and the Rams, a uh, great year there. And then, you know, it was just kind of God's calling for me to uh, really plant my roots and raise my family. And, you know, that's where DIA was born in 2018. And uh, so we've been at it two years, uh, two years now. Yeah, it's incredible to hear where you've been and, and where you are now. How difficult was it to be a team guy and then go and start your own business and try to recreate that culture in a business setting? Yeah, I think you take everything that you learn from these, you know, these opportunities with these teams, you know, I've been so fortunate to learn from some of the best coaches and mentors, you know, in Sean McVay, uh, you know, head coach at the LA Rams, Heather Tarr, head softball coach at University of Washington, Ron English, who is my head coach at Eastern Michigan, you know, and now he's at Florida. So, you know, I have books on books on books of notes on basically the best leadership courses that you could ever sit in on with these, with these humans. And I've taken that, I've taken that and I've just applied them to business. And that's all business is, is it's a team game. You just got to go out in the world and, and get people who may not be on the same wavelength as you to buy into what you're trying to do. And that's how I approach it. I never looked at it as, Oh, I'm jet and I'm going to the private sector. I looked at it as like, man, what a cool new game I get to play. Um, and that's what I, that's how I developed it. You know, I looked at it as like, I'm not going into the private sector. I'm going into real estate. I'm buying, I'm going to buy a commercial piece of real estate and I'm going to invest in that space. I'm going to build it out that it's so elite that I can put a physical therapist in there, you know, to, to rent from me. Um, I can also do what I'm pretty darn good at and coach athletes inside those walls. And I can develop a culture and develop a product and a brand that will only crumble and go away if I allow it to. So uh, no longer did I have to hang my hat on a logo or a school or anything else. You know, some people chase logos. I build logos. <laughs> I built my Heck own yeah. logo and I built mm. my own culture. And that's exactly what we do. You know, we walk in every single day and we say, you know, if I can, I will. And if I can't, I'll ask. But we get the job done regardless of what it is. Uh, any job worth doing is a job for us. And that's just how we approach it at DIA. And like I said, I think if anybody who's known me before this, if you came in inside our walls, you'd feel like you're a part of a team. You would feel like you're a part of an organization um, that has high standards and, and gives high results because that's I just I've been a product of that my whole career. And that's all I've done is I've taken all the, the blessings and God's gifts and the lessons that I've learned. And I've just applied them to, uh, to my own brand and to our own business. So it's very similar in nature, as much as it seems different, I'm, I'm telling you, when you create something that you're own, that's it's truly your own, it'll feel the same way as any team, as any organization that you've ever been a part of. Absolutely. That's a uh, powerful, very, very powerful. Now, what is, 
the culture that you look to establish with your athletes at DIA. So I, I know you just gave us a little bit, you know, about the business. What, what, is, what do you try to establish with your athletes? Well, first of all, I want my athletes to become completely independent of me. I never want an athlete to feel like they, they have to have me in the room. Um, I truly believe that if I'm doing my job well, then I could honestly ask one of my athletes to coach a group within, you know, about four weeks of training. They, they should be able to lead our warm-up. They should be able to talk about our technical prep. They should be able to talk about how our training plan is laid out. So to me, like the first thing I want to, I want to coach independence. Like, yo, if you go into your high school weight room, you know, tomorrow, you're coaching them. You're not just training next to your teammates. You're going to be a coach. So everyone that we coach, we try to like get them to impact lives indirectly, you know, so that our, our purpose just goes even farther. So to me, it's all about impact. Like our culture is about impact. Like how, how many lives can you truly like impact in a positive fashion today? And we, we say this all the time, but we say the best part of your day will be at DIA. And if it, if it isn't, if that hour wasn't the best part of your day, then we didn't coach right. We didn't do our job well enough. But we bring a certain level of energy and enthusiasm, and it's just all just very natural and, and raw and organic that, you know, when you walk in, you can't, you know, before COVID, man, I'm hugging everybody up. I'm dapping everybody up. And it's not, I don't know, strength coaches get this bad rap for having like this energy. But me, I'm just a people person. I'm a passion person. And if, and if I see you and I start smiling, like, guess what? I like the fact that you're in my room, man. Like I am fired up that you're there. I'm truly fired up for the opportunity to coach you. I'm fired up for the, you know, for what you're about to do on that day. So, you know, in terms of culture, I think when you walk into a room, you leave an impact. People will remember your smile. People will remember, you know, the way you presented yourself, the way you held a door for somebody, you know, the way you offered to grab something for somebody, you know, like to me, it's just, I'm not trying to create this weight room culture. I'm trying to create like this lifestyle culture. You know what I mean? Like be remembered, be impactful. And if there's something you could do for somebody, then freaking do it, go out of your way, make it happen. So that goes back to our thing. You know, if, if I can, I will. And if I can't, I'll ask, like, that's really what it is. Like if you can do it and do it. And if you can't, then ask, like get help, like create a team, like find a way to get it done. Um, so we won't make excuses for anything. We won't make excuses about our facility smaller than others. We won't make excuses that we don't have certain pieces of technology. We won't make excuses, you know, that we don't have, you know, whatever supplement budget. Like we won't make excuses. We'll just, we'll be the hardest workers in the room and we'll take pride in the way we carry ourselves, uh, you know, whether it's a win or a defeat. So that's, you know, a phenomenal thing to hear when you bring on another coach into your business, I know the athletes culture that you just described will carry over, but what do you look for specifically if you were to bring on a coach as far as co- uh, the culture with you and your staff? I think it first starts with just, you got to be able to trust, you know, you got to be able to trust this coach. You know, I'm fortunate that, you know, I have coaches around me right now that, I trust them with my kids' lives. You know, I trust is number one. If you don't trust, wholeheartedly trust this individual, you can't move forward in the relationship. Uh, I think once you establish that trust and you feel good about that, then it comes down to vision. Like these coaches got to see exactly what you see. Um, and I found that in Chad Herring, who's, uh, 
he's our director. I've basically titled him the director of performance. I mean, if anything were to happen to me, I mean, he's taking over the business. He's taking over the company. Um, he, anytime I'm not there, he sees it, but that's only because he was coaching with me. I think the second time we were coaching together, I literally turn around I'm about to cue something. And I just hear the cue come out. Like he already saw it. He saw it at the same time I did. And it's so funny, but I mean, we joke all the time. We're about to say each other's cues and it just comes out. So he's got a great presence on the floor. I think that's, you know, another thing is, you know, you got to have the trust, you got to have the vision, and then you got to have the presence. Um, And the presence to me is when athletes are asking where you're at. Like if you don't show up that day, athletes are like, where's coach Chad? Is coach Chad going to be here? Um, You know, he'll, he'll, he laughs all the time, but I'm like, Chad, you realize like you're every athlete's favorite coach. Right. And he, you know, he always like, he laughs and I'm like, dude, seriously, like you're everyone's favorite coach, but that's what I want. Like, I don't want to be every athlete's favorite coach because there's going to come a point in time where I, I feel DIA is going to get, get to that. I'm not going to be able to be around a whole lot. So if you have somebody you can trust, if you have somebody who's got similar vision and, or you can coach that vision and then they have a presence to them where the athletes want to be around them. Again, the best part of your day will be with DIA. Our facility doesn't make that happen. Our equipment doesn't make that happen. The coach makes that happen. It's the person that makes you feel that way. So if I have those three things, trust, vision, presence, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to very confidently sign off on the product that I built and know that it's going to get done in, in such a way that parents, and athletes and clients are going to feel really, really good about. Phenomenal advice there uh, for anybody looking to start a business or have people on or anybody looking to apply to any kind of job. Be, be a good person and, and earn that person's trust that's potentially hiring you. What is some advice you would give to a coach that is looking to perhaps start their own business or or break away from the team? Because I know there's definitely, I don't know if it's a stigma or something, but when you're being a a team coach for so long that you looking into starting your own thing or looking to join the private sector, what's some advice you'd tell them about the, you know, the business side of things? Cause I I know if there's something more difficult than being a collegiate strength coach is being a strength coach that runs their own business. Cause an entrepreneur is, brings its own set of challenges that you have to you know, navigate, what's some advice you'd give to those coaches? Well, first of all, the numbers have to make sense. You have to make sure that this business mm. is going to produce a profit and, um, and you got to be able to withstand tough times. Um, to me, you have to run the numbers. Don't, don't try start building a business off of a dream because your dream's going to tank. I'm telling you that right now, when I initially had my equipment list, wish list for the DIA, it was at $145,000. $145,000 was my equipment list. You know what I ended up spending? I think I spent maybe $36,000 and 16 of that was probably on my flooring. But I went with the best. I went with play, but I knew my my foundation of my floor was my number one thing. So I went from $145,000 budget to 36 grand, right? Okay, those numbers made sense to me. Um, once you get past the numbers, once you truly realize like, okay, what's my training system in place? How many athletes do I need in each group? What am I charging per, you know, per class? You know, I, we work out of an 1800 square foot facility. But again, we're not competing with D1s. We're not competing with these like 20,000 square foot monsters. We're not, we don't have, 
we don't have that backing from these pro athletes and from a, a franchise and all that. We are, we're small and we like the way we are. Um, but we also don't have the overhead that they have. So once I crunched all these numbers, um, I realized like, wow, this can, we can have, we can have success here regardless of if a pandemic hits us or anything, you know, my, my projections for year one, year two and year three, or, I mean, I was well on pace overpaced and I was, we were doing it. We were doing really well. So I'd say first thing you got to crunch the numbers and you got to make sure that your business is going to make sense because opening up a, a, you know, private business, uh, regardless of what it is, if you're going to go in sports performance, your numbers got to make sense. So if you're going to lease a space, you got to know what it is, you know, what's your cost, cost of square foot, uh, what's your lease rate, you know, after five years, is this person going to kick you out after you just, you know, spent $50,000 in build out, you know, think about those things. Um, and I would say like less is more when you get, when you're getting going, less is more. I, I remember having lunch specifically like calling Ben Bruno when I was out in LA and, you know, I've known Ben for many years, but me and Ben went and had lunch. Um, and after that, we went over to the kitchen, his little, you know, 400 square foot, one car garage weight room. We went over to the kitchen and I'm like, yep, you're right. And I literally went from before I was contemplating a 4,000 square foot space to 2,000 square feet. Me and Ben hash it out. He's like, dude, get less than 2,000 square feet. I'm like, well, I can't because this, this complex that I'm going in is that's the minimum. <laughs> so I ended up going with the smaller space, but man, I would have. I would have lost my business. If I would have went to the bigger space, I would have lost it. Like within one year, I mean, I would have had to, uh, you know, put everything on deferment. I mean, it would have been bad, but luckily, you know, I went small and I love it, man. I love it. Like it's man. I, I love walking through the doors of DIA. I, I, I truly do. I hated it for a long period of my long period of my life. I hated it because I, I lost myself in it. I built it out. I mean, I lost 20 pounds during that build out. Um, but I love walking through those doors now. It's a small space, but it's just, everything's perfect, man. I love it. So know your numbers, uh, start with a smaller space geographically kind of know if you don't want to move, you just want to like put up shop where you're at and you better figure out like, you know, who are you going to, I guess, compete against? Uh, because a lot of these businesses out here in central Florida, I mean, they're everywhere. Like performance facilities are everywhere in central Florida. Right. So you got to understand that it's going to take time to build your clientele. If you want to, if you want retention, me, I didn't blast out on Instagram. I didn't blast out on Facebook or Google ads or anything like that. I just stopped into a few places, elite places and said, here's who I am. Here's how I think I can help you. Can I sponsor your team for four weeks of training? Yeah, it sounds great. Well, there you go. I just sponsored this volleyball team who now I have, I have over 96 girls that I train. You know, we got an awesome contract with them. Uh, same thing with Rollins. I got three contracts with them. It all came down to just having good conversations. Hey, can I, can I train your team for, you know, this semester and see how you like it? Sure. There you go. You win people over. And guess what? When you have a product that you can consistently produce, which again, I'm going to bet on myself every time people are going to talk. Hey, you got to go see this guy. Hey, you got to check out DI sports performance. So that's the way we've been. We, we, we don't do mass marketing. We literally let our product speak for itself. And we know that there's people who've been out here for 10, 15 years that have three times as many athletes as we do. And we understand that we think they're great. We, we like 
we talk about those companies. Hey, there's a place down closer to you. You should check them out. I know the owner. Hey, you know, we don't badmouth anybody out here um, because there's just a lot of good coaches that have facilities and there's a lot of athletes that need to be trained. So geographically speaking, wherever you're at in the world, I mean, you can be in South Dakota, you can be in Texas, you can be in Cali. I mean, you've got to just figure out where you want to set up shop and then know that Athletes are always going to find you. If you, if you produce a product and you make them better, keep them healthy, they're going to find you. So I would suggest moving to a place with uh, relatively low real estate costs. I mean, I came, out to, I came out to Florida because real estate is way, way lower than California. There's no state tax here. There's also no state tax in Texas. We were Texas or Florida. We chose Florida. And, uh, no regrets, man. I absolutely love it out here. So check your numbers, make sure you're all good with that. Start small. You need minimal to get going. Um, you can always continue to reinvest in your business, in your company. Um, and then geographically speaking, just know who's around you, what's around you. And then, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger. So I would say, don't get caught up in having this like lucrative business plan because it's not going to stay intact. You're just going to change every single day. I say, start with the minimum, build out a quick, easy, simple website, do it yourself. Don't pay. Don't, don't spend money on any of these products in year one through three. You don't need them. Just get going, just get going. Um, I made, I mean, I've probably made $30,000 worth of mistakes, you know, paying people to do this or doing that. And what ends up happening, I end up doing it myself. Um, and so, you know, you just look back and you got to just smile, you know, like I've never lost sleep over losing three grand. It's like, it's gone, dude, it's gone. Just smile and keep moving forward. So I think in business, you gotta, you gotta be able to kind of take, take those jabs. And then every once in a while, you're going to get, you're going to hit with a cross. And as long as you don't get KO'd, man, you, you got a chance to stay in the fight. That's incredible. I guess resilience to, you know, the, the real life of an entrepreneur and a business owner between just being able to adapt and, you know, just keep moving with it. And then also, I mean, so you were going essentially just door to door and be like, Hey, come check, check us out. You know, I'll give, I'll sponsor you for four weeks. How did you handle, like, what did you tell yourself when you like hit a failure? Cause I, I could just see like, if I went door to door and went to a volleyball club here and they're like, no, nah, we're, we're good. And there's a lot of coaches are going to run into a thing called ego. And it's sometimes it could bruise a little bit. Like, how did you, how did you manage that one? Well, the first thing I tell people all the time is, look, this is a two way interview. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want everyone. I only want the people who are speaking the same language, who are doing things the, the same way to the highest standards. And if you're not that, then I, I don't want to really, I don't want to work with those teams or those coaches anyway. So before I even got started, I mean, I was doing my homework. I was doing my research. I found out who was the premier, who was the elite. And then I dug even deeper, like, who is this man or who is this woman? Who is this coach as a person? Are they family oriented? Um, you know, what do other people say about them? And then, you know, once I have, all my information, that's what I'm like, we align. Like if this doesn't work out, it's, it's simply because of financial reasons. And I'll take that out of the equation first and foremost. Look, don't worry about the money. Let's just see if we're a good fit for each other, right? And I think once you show people that and they see your value, and then the, the best thing about it is like, I tell them like, hey, like invite the parents. Like invite the parents, let's set up the bleachers. Let them watch. Like, let's just see what the parents think. Because ultimately I tell them, I said, look, they're like, oh, what does it cost? And I said, what is your investment? 
well, I'll let you know what your investment is. See, I never talk about costs. Like that's, that's the thing is like, I'm a salesman, right? But it never feels like selling because I believe in what I do. And I believe in like, it truly is an investment because I think you're, well, I know you're going to feel better than you've ever felt. You're going to perform better than you've ever performed. And so before I start, you know, knocking on doors and talking to coaches, I've already got my list of information. I already know if this is going to be a bust or a win. And 99.9% of the time, I'm like, this is going to be a win because me and this coach, we align on so many different levels. This can't go wrong. The only way this can go wrong is if they get caught up in pricing or something like that. But I'm in year one, man. Like I am, I mean, I'd, I'll eat beans and rice for freaking 365 days out of the year. I don't right, care. Right. I'm willing to make the sacrifice now because I know if I do that now, that man, once we get rolling, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hire enough coaches to keep this thing afloat. So we're, we're very selective coach. We, we are, we, we don't go out and just say like, oh, I want this group and this group and this group. It's like, Nope, like that doesn't align with what we're doing. Somebody else can take them. Let's just, let's just keep our head down. Let's just keep, keep working, you know, pounding the pavement. And when the right coach and the right programs and the right athletes pop up, we'll know it. We'll feel it because they'll be with us from their freshman year all the way through their college career, you know, and that's where we're at. We're in year two. And I literally have retention, like just amazing retention rates, but it's only because we built it the right way. We started small, we gained one by one and it was all through word of mouth. So, you know, I don't look at it. There are egos. You're absolutely right. Coach. There's egos. They're going to get in the way. They're going to build up these borders and, you know, like I said, I'm at that point in my career where I'm not looking to break down your border, man. Like, here's what I do. Here's where I'm here. Here's where I am. Here's my contact info. If you change your mind, well, I'd be, I'd love to hear from you. And, you know, and I, I, uh, you know, I, I contact these coaches that may say no, I, I reach out to them a month later. Hey coach, just, you know, checking in, see how your girls are doing, see how, you, how everything's going. You know, if I can ever be an assistance to you, let me know if I can stop in you know, take the girls through a warm up or something. Let me know. I'm in the area Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you just, you know, you let them know that you're available to them. And, and that's what I look at it as is like, Hey man, we're here to serve. It's not going to be for everybody, but then again, I'm not for everybody. So I don't take it personal. I don't take it personal. I just think like they're meant to be that, that they'll be a part of the, they'll be a part of the plan. And, uh, and so we've had great success with that. You should uh, be doing some business seminars uh, along with some of your <laughs> sports performance seminars. But that's, you know, that's sound advice. You know, I, I've been lucky enough to get an MBA just because I've been fundraising a lot. And everything you've said so far aligns with everything you're learning in business school. You just have the, the school of hard knocks and, you know, just life experience taking you through that. And I think that's important. Uh, what would you say is a piece of advice you'd give to the younger strength coach or the strength coach just starting out their career. You, you, you worked your way up from every level of college all the way up to the NFL and owning your own business. What's some advice you would give to a, a younger strength coach trying to find their path? I think there's a hard truth to this profession that everybody needs to like kind of take in. It, 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 there's no fluff to it. Like you're either really good at what you do or you're not. And if people love what you do, you're going to get talked about and you're going to get pushed forward and you're going to get pushed onto these new positions. So, I mean, I tell people all the time, like they're there. I hear about these, you know, I read about them on 
social media. I've applied to 14 different internships and I can't get one or I've had five internships and I can't get a GA. And I'm like, maybe you're just not that good at what you're doing or maybe you need to refine your craft. And that's just the cold hard truth because to me, I never, I'm not bragging about this, but I've never sent my resume out one time. Never have I ever sent my resume to anybody only for formalities, right? Past that, people are calling and asking people like, do you know anybody? I guess my name just keeps getting brought up. I don't know why, um, but it does. So to me, like I said, if you're really good at what you do and you have a presence to you, trust, we talked about this already, trust your vision and your presence. If you have those three things, you're going to move up the ladder. Just be patient and don't think like there's this set plan for you. Okay. It's not, I was an intern at, you know, an FCS school. I should go up to an FBS school next and then be power five and then be NFL. That ain't it. There is no straight path to this thing. Okay. Just go where the next opportunity presents itself with the best people. Okay. Bo Schembechler said that all the time, you know, at Michigan, he said, stop looking for the next job. If you're really good at what you do, they're going to find you. Okay. They're going to find you. So master your craft, be patient and just wait it out. I mean, Talk about wanting to work for the right people. I was literally telling Donnell Boucher at the Citadel after I finished my grad assistantship, dude, I'll work for 10 grand. Dude, can you find me 10 grand? I'll work for 10 grand. I'll stay here. I wouldn't have money to do anything besides put like a little bit of gas in my car every week. Maybe like maybe save enough to go home for Christmas. But I was literally that committed to that school, really to Donnell and his culture and what it what it stood for. I wasn't, I didn't want to go anywhere else. I was scared. I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to leave this place. I do not want to leave this place. So money to me, it wasn't a thing back then. But again, like I was 23 years old, 24 years old. I didn't have kids. I didn't have like a serious committed relationship. Like it was me. I was sleep on a sidewalk with a pillow. I don't care. So I think everybody's situation is going to be a little different. I'd say to the young coach who might have like a young family, Family freaking first, man. Stop following this dream of like being the strength coach that you think it's going to produce this awesome lifestyle for your family. It's not. You know what I mean? You want to talk about ego? Step back, man. If your wife can like put you in a better situation, you and your family in a better situation, let her. Okay. My wife is an absolute boss. I'm the biggest fan of my wife because she created this opportunity for us. Without her, without her work ethic, without everything that she does for our family, like DIA wouldn't exist. Like starting a business is single-handedly the most selfish thing you could possibly do to your family. But if you bet on yourself, you can win. You have an opportunity to win. So every young coach is different. I would say to the young coaches who don't have kids, who don't have serious relationships, freaking sleep in your car if you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like eat rice and beans every single day, but go find the best people. And that doesn't mean it's the biggest schools. I'm not saying like power five is the best. I'm saying the best people, just go find the best people work for them. And then I'm pretty sure that they probably know people that they'll link on the way back up. If your goal is to go to the NFL, go park outside of the stadium and sleep in your car. And every day when the head strength coach like walks in, freaking open your door and say who you are and say that you'll mop his floors. And that's how you're going to get in the door. And then once you're in the door, it's up to you. But if you're not great at what you do, if you're really not a good coach, you just think you're just going to put in this time. I think you're going to fizzle out. I think you will. I mean, 22 year old me thought I would die on my deathbed coaching. Now I'm 36. 
I don't want to retire strength coach. If I retire a strength coach, I did something wrong along the chain, man. Cause I, I just, ever since I left, truly left strength conditioning and kind of opened this business, I have, I've turned into kind of an entrepreneur in which I don't even know what that word really even means, but I've literally seen all the doors that have opened for me and how to like really make a living and enjoy as much time of your time as you want. That's what I love about what I'm doing right now. I have freedom. I have freedom to drop my kids off at 9 a.m. I have freedom to pick them up at 2 p.m. I brush their teeth every night. I make their lunches every morning. So young strength coaches, hustle hard and get to wherever you want to be because you can't get there. You just have to, you might have to wait it out a little bit longer than the next person. Um, I think the, the, you know, the, the strength coach, the young strength coach that has a family, if I could, if I could, I would encourage you to do what's best in the best interest of your family, whether that's moving closer to, you know, your parents or her parents or whatever you're at, whatever situation you're at, um, volunteer at a high school, make them see your value, make them create a position for you. Um, you will be fulfilled the same way you were at any college. Don't, don't get it twisted. Like there's no college, uh, or pro job or private sector or special forces. There's no position that I've held that's made me feel any different than what I currently do right now. If you live a life of serving others, you'll feel the same way regardless of what logos on your, on your shirt or what organization you work for. It, it doesn't matter. So just go serve, um, put your family first. And then, you know, to the, to the strength coach, that's maybe a little late to uh, get into this thing. I'd say, you're going to be fighting this uphill battle your whole career. So it's how bad do you want it? And then, um, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll break through that barrier. But, you know, I've known strength coaches who get in late, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties. And like, they're already like, it's such a saturated market already that, you know, they're kind of like, what are you doing? Like you're supposed to be 22 working for nothing, not 32 working for nothing. So I think to those strength coaches out there, um, just pursue your dreams, you know, but like I said, I think, you know, you got to put the best interest of your family, uh, first and then go from there. Absolutely. I would say if I can add one yeah, thing, yeah, coach, yeah. any, any female strength coach out there, bust down the freaking doors. Like you are wanted, you are needed. Like we need more head strength, head strength coaches, you know, that are females, uh, now more than ever. I, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for female strength coaches. I think, I don't know. I, I just think we just need more just quality uh, female strength coaches, you know, in the high schools and the colleges and at the pro level. And it is, there's, there's making a surge now uh, NFL. You see it. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so if you, if you're a female strength coach, listen to this, I'm telling you right now, like be the boss in the room, like be who you are. Don't shy down from nothing. Um, like break through these barriers and just and demand that, you know, you know, you be in that room because you belong. Um, and, and I'm a huge advocate for all of you out there. Some pro- profound advice. And I get, it all boils down to we're here to service people. It doesn't matter about the logo. And if you're, if you're really good at your job, like you'll find a way in there. I think that's important to hear. And also, unfortunately with, with what was going on with COVID, a lot of collegiate, places went into furlough or had to lay off. And like you said, first person mm-hmm. to go is most likely some assistant strength coaches and a lot of the strength staff. So I think, yep. you know, we are having to have a good long look at like, what is it? What am I here for? Like, am I 
really here just to be the one collegiate strength coach or am I here to help others and, and, and do better. And I think that's important for all, you know, all the, all of our listeners. If you could pick up the phone and call Blair Wagner from five years ago, what would you tell him? <laughs> five years ago. Um, well, seeing as where I was at, I was, uh, I guess I was recently engaged and, uh, we were, I guess already on our path to having our first child. And, um, I think I just received my first, I think I just started getting paid from Washington. Um, I think I would tell myself like, I don't know. There's not much. I, I don't know if I would have told myself to do anything different. Um, you know, I probably would have told myself, Hey, Hey, in the near future, you're going to have this opportunity to leave Seattle. You're going to have an opportunity to leave Washington. And I probably just would have whispered, don't go. Um, you know, I read a book. Um, who was it? He's talking about uh, basically finding your tribe or being of people. Um, Erwin McManus. Yes. The, the last arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. McManus. And he talks about being mm-hmm. of people and, you know, being a tribe and, and man, did I have my tribe in Seattle? And I mean, it all goes back to uh, the Washington softball program, man. Never in my, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought I'd be that close to a team. Um, but that was my, that was my tribe. Those were my people and they still are. And I'm still very connected with coach Tar to this day and JT and coach glass out there. And a lot of the, you know, the freshmen that I left when I was there, Sis Bates, all American, Morgan Flores, all those girls are just so important to me. So yeah, I'd probably just whisper, don't go, you know, don't go, even though, you know, it was, a, it was a weird time in Seattle at that time uh, in Washington. We were going through a director change and, you know, I was really hoping to become the next director and I knew they were bringing in some different candidates. And so I was kind of, you know, I was a little bitter. I was a little, you know, I let my ego got bruised a little bit. I thought I did everything right in order to earn that position. And, um, you know, I found out that I probably wasn't going to get it. And so I don't know by, I don't know if it was God calling or what, but I got that call to go to the NFL and immediately my mind was already made up. I didn't even think about it. I'm not going to be the director at Washington. I'm out. And so I think I would have probably just told myself, Hey, be patient, like play it out, truly see if, you know, leaving is the best thing for you. But uh, at the time, you know, yeah, I was, I was, my mind was already made up. So I'm not going to be the director here. um, Then I'm out. So I don't, I don't regret it. It did taught me a lot of different things and, but man, I miss Seattle. I was like, that's where we bought our first home. That's where we had our first child. I mean, that's where my wife went to college. That's where all her friends are at. I mean, it's just, it's a special place. Um, so it holds a lot of, you know, special memories in my heart. So I think that's the only thing that I would say is just, uh, you know, be patient, make your decisions off of facts instead of feelings, you know? Absolutely. I guess what role do mentors have in your career specifically? And do you differentiate between, you know, your strength and conditioning mentors and business mentors, or are they all the same for you? I think they're different. I think you should have different mentors, to be honest. I don't think you should have, like, I think, you you know, you should have 
people that are going to teach you about money. I think you should have people that are going to teach you about retirement or real estate or whatever things you're into. I think you should also have those coaches that, you know, they're, they're like brothers or, you know, older sisters or whatever family members to you that are going to just shoot it straight. You know, that you may not want to hear from everybody. Um, you know, I have, you know, Donnell, Adam fight. I mean, these are guys that I lean on in, in really hard time. They've seen me at, it's some of my lowest points, man. I mean, I've caught haymakers my whole life, but I've never let myself stay down. You know, I've, I've dealt with, you know, I've dealt with suicides from two of my brothers. I've dealt with, you know, a really hard uh, engagement breakup. I mean, people have seen me at my lowest points and these are mentors that are going to pick me up and you want those guys, you need those guys. Um, you know, whoever they may be, you need those people that are going to pick you up. I also have mentors like, you know, Heather Tarr and Sean McVay that, you know, I can literally talk to like, like family. And I can also ask for some of the best, you know, leadership advice if I need it as well. Um, you know, and then I have, I have people, you know, my next door neighbor. I mean, he's a real estate developer. I mean, I talk to him about money. I talk to him about, you know, investments. I talk to him about certain things that, you know, I'm probably not going to talk to coach Tar about or, you know, anybody else, but he's the, he's one of those guys that I lean on, you know, Hey, what would you do with this? You know, if you had an extra 10 grand, where would you put it? You know? So I, I, I think having different people to lean on in, in different areas of your life, it's healthy. Um, you shouldn't have just one person that you go to for everything. Um, so, and then I think you gotta, you know, spend enough time alone and just figure it out on your own. You know, there's a lot of times where, you know, I, I don't, I don't go to people because I'm like, this is an internal, an internal battle. I need to, I need to win this by myself. And there's, uh, there's no one else around. It's me uh, versus me inside the ring. And I got to win this battle. And I, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about that as well. So, um, you know, I think my, the closest people to me, um, I've been the most vulnerable around I've opened up, but, it's also because like we, we go back to it every time we go back to trust. Like I trust these individuals, man. Like they're not going to judge me based on what's happened in my past or the you know decisions I've made or anything like that. They just, they see me for who I am knowing that, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm human. I will make mistakes, but I'll get them corrected. And, uh, and so I'm blessed and I'm thankful that I have, you know, a lot of amazing mentors that, you know, before I call them a mentor, I'm going to call them a friend or a brother, but yeah. Mm. Absolutely. What's next for uh, Coach Wagner and and DIA? What what's something we can look forward to in the coming up here? Yeah, I think uh, you know I talk about it all the time. I talk about trusting the process, and, and what I truly believe is that we are building something pretty special here in Central Florida. And um, you know what I want to do is continue to establish our roots here uh, in Central Florida, and you know, in the next, you know, in the next year, you know, I really want to try to expand what we're doing and try to create another opportunity for another coach that might be in a similar position as me that has a young family that, you know, wants to come and be a part of what we're building. So, you know, I don't plan on expanding, expanding any, uh, anywhere outside of Florida, but I definitely want to make my way over to, you know, Clearwater, Tampa, or, you know, potentially, uh, you know, the coast side and, you know, open up another small shop and create an opportunity for another coach that, uh, you know, is like I said, in a similar, similar role that, you know, wants to coach, wants to, you know, 
help us continue to build our brand, but also wants to put priorities first and, and spend as much time with their family as possible. So, you know, we definitely have uh, goals to expand. Um, we definitely uh, want to continue to, you know, increase our presence online and, and through our social media outputs. And then, you know, we got, uh, you know, I wear a lot of hats, man. I mean, I'm our videographer, oh, yeah. I'm our photographer, I'm our social <laughs> media director, I'm our, yeah. you know, I'm our accountant. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just be better with my time and delegate more time to really, trying to show people what we do because, you know, our, our walls are closed off to, you know, very, very few. Um, so I want to get more, you know, content out there. I want people to see truly what we are building and I want people to ask us questions and I want to be, you know, vulnerable to the, to the profession and, and expose myself more. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's where we're going to be in the next couple of years is just greater online presence, hopefully a second location, um, you know, within the state of Florida, but create another opportunity for, you know, a coach that, uh, you know, may have a family and, and can do a little bit of both. That is awesome. And that's inspiring. It's good to hear coaches making their own way and looking out for other coaches. Like you said, you're, you're trying to find somebody that has another family and, you know, wants to do things the right way. And I think that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, how can our listeners find out more about you or, you know, you said you're trying to get the Instagram up and running and get more out there. Like what's one way we can find you? Yeah. So, uh, Instagram is where I post like most of our info. Um, you can go there, you can, you know, see videos and pictures of our facility and stuff like that, but that's just at train underscore win underscore DIA. And then if, you know, you guys want to reach out to me via email, um, it's just info at trainwindia.com. So just the word train, the word win, dia.com. Um, so that's the best way to contact me. Just uh, shoot me an email. Um, you know, if you do want to uh, talk directly, I'll, I'd be more than happy to, to give you my, to give you my number, but I'm not going to blast it out <laughs> there right now. Cause I don't want to get, yeah. a, I don't want to get a whole bunch of texts yeah. and stuff like that. So, I would say be persistent. If you, if you do want to reach out and you do want to contact me for anything, I mean, advice on starting a business or kind of just what we're doing or anything at all. Um, if I don't respond to you right away, it's, it's not that I'm ignoring you. I would say be persistent, man. Like, like I said, I'm wearing a lot of different hats. I got two kids. Uh, there's a lot going on. So it's not that I just overlooked it. It's just, it probably got lost. So uh, send a second email. You know, those are the people that I always follow up with. I, it feels like is, if uh, if you're persistent, I'm like, man, they're putting in some time. They really do want to get a hold of me. Um, I'll get back to you. I promise that. I promise you I will. So, but uh, those are probably the best ways. You know, find me on Instagram, shoot me a, a DM or shoot me an email um, to that info at TrainwindDIA and uh, love the chat. Absolutely. No, thanks for being on. And one more quick thing. Are you going to have another gear sale soon? Because, man, I saw your gear and I was like, That's, that stuff <laughs> is fired. I wanted to get it. And then uh, I think it just it ended. And I was like, dang. So you guys going to have another gear sale? Yeah, no, I will. Um, honestly, one thing, I guess another piece of business advice is with your retail, um, I would say do an open and closed store. So I used to just buy a bunch mm. of a bunch of uh, gear and I would just be sitting on this uh, product, you know, for months on end. And, you know, you as the business owner, you got to front those costs oh, yeah. and until, you know, people buy these shirts. And what I find is, man, I'm giving away more than I'm really selling. So I think when I open the store or when you do, you know, start to have merchandise, open your store up for an extended period of time, maybe it's seven days. And then people can pick literally like whatever they want, like size, color, like we give them different logo combinations and stuff like that. Like you honestly get to create a custom piece. 
um, you buy it and then we close the store and then it ships within, you know, seven days. So, um, yeah, we're definitely going to be opening up the store. Like, like I said, if you're going to follow us on social media, you'll see that, uh, you'll see the store open here again in a couple of weeks, but I appreciate it. Yeah. I think, I think our gear is fire, but I mean, I'm just a little biased, man. I mean, I, I created it. I created the logo. I think everything about it is, is absolute money. So, but no, anybody that would love to support, I mean, we, we appreciate it. Like I said, we're, we're small circle, like tight family type of type of uh, group. So, you know, if we catch you wearing DIA, man, we know that you're part of something, uh, you know, that's very, very small, but very, very significant. So absolutely, I will definitely get some stuff your way. Coach. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But be proud to rep that brand coach. Well, thank you for being on. And, you know, you had some very profound information and I think it's, it goes beyond just X's and O's. It's like, Hey, this is how you run a business. It's all about the numbers. And you nailed it right on the head. It's just, numbers like it has to make sense and is right and then getting the right people that you can trust and then you know all the great information that you learned you know throughout your career and, and leads you to where you are now so thanks for sharing that and, and you know thanks for being on the podcast yeah coach is an extreme honor man i appreciate all the listeners too um appreciate our sponsors too team builder play i mean i'm 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 in tight with both of those guys so uh, appreciate everything coach yeah thank you Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. 
Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.